You're listening to From the Burgundy Chairs, a podcast for health system leaders created by Santa's Health. My name is Patrick Nelson, and I'm a principal here at Santa's Health. Today, I'm joined by chair of the Canadian Association for Long-Term Care, Jody Hall, to discuss long-term care amidst the pressures of a global pandemic and what long-term care homes need moving forward to prevent and contain further outbreaks. Before we dive into anything, I want to introduce our guest. Jody Hall is a longtime advocate for seniors, the chair of the Canadian Association for Long-Term Care, and the executive director of the New Brunswick Association of Nursing Homes. Jody started her career in long-term care as a nurse, working directly with residents before serving as the director of education and practice with the New Brunswick Licensed Practical Nurse Association and administrator of Orchard View Long-Term Care. Jody is also the president of the New Brunswick Continuing Care Safety Association and co-chair of the Collaborative for Healthy Aging Care in New Brunswick. That's a lot of acronyms, Jody. But wow, what a broad CV you bring to this discussion. From the bedside right to the boardroom table, a unique perspective. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So we're almost seven months from uh, the first confirmed case of COVID uh, in a long-term care home in Canada. How would you assess the federal government's response uh, to COVID with respect to long-term care so far? Well, the last several months have been incredibly difficult for everyone who have ties in in long-term care. Um, But we have been talking about the systemic issues in long-term care uh, for years. And so we can clearly say that successive governments uh, have failed to take the action uh, that's been needed uh, to help support uh, the long-term care sector. We can specifically point to Uh, that we were left out of the home and community care investment in 2017. We were excluded from the foreign caregiver immigration pilot projects. Um, Long-term care was not included in the 2019 federal budget. And we can point to all of the federal spending uh, for COVID-19 in the first four months of the pandemic was not directed to long-term care. So we feel very much that we have not been uh, prioritized up to this point. So the recent throne speech, do you feel like that's uh, changing the ballgame for long-term care in Canada? Or are you just cautious and optimistic that, uh, or hopeful maybe is a better word, that uh, the times are going to change? Well, I mean, there certainly were commitments or uh, noteworthy points for us in, in the throne speech around accountability measures. Um, but again, you know, for the immediate moment in the, in the short term, uh, we did not see the direct support for long-term care included uh, that we need. We Clearly, long-term care is already highly regulated at the provincial level. And you know, from an accountability point of view, there are is no issue uh, amongst uh, the long-term care sector and being accountable. Um, but you know, we still have to, we, we know what's needed. And we're still trying to find um, that partnership with the levels of government, uh, in particular with the federal government, and how do we get uh, the support and services that we need so that we're, we are able to successfully address uh, the s- systemic issues that we've been facing 
in recruitment and retention, with chronic underfunding, with aging infrastructure. These issues are being, will still be there uh, long after COVID. And um, so the immediate crisis, uh, we need support, but certainly in the long term, uh, there's way more that we do require uh, in partnership with the federal government. I'm sensing some frustration in your voice, Jody. Is it seems uh, like a regular thing that happens that you know people sort of ignore governments ignore long-term care until a crisis hits, and then everybody you know runs to the podium to make promises and commitments. Uh, am I accurate in 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 hearing the frustration come through in your voice? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, we've made uh, successive, uh, well, the last four years, um, you can refer to the budget submissions that we've made uh, to the federal government, um, where we clearly outline all of these uh, critical systemic uh, issues. We do this work every day. Uh, we know uh, what's needed and, and where the investment is required and where we need support. We have been looking for champions. Uh, for people to help us in this becoming a priority issue for all levels of government. And unfortunately, we find ourselves in a situation with COVID-19 um, where those weaknesses have been fully put on display. And you know, we're deeply saddened um, by that, but absolutely forward-focused in trying to find a strategy, partnerships, uh, and looking for investment from the federal government uh, to work with us to correct this for the future. So you've got, um, let's pretend for a moment that you have the prime minister on the phone or, you know, on a virtual meeting and, and he says, Jody, tell me what the long-term care sector needs. How can I help? What are the things I should focus on most? Uh, what do you say to him? Well, we need immediate emergency funding. Um, we need to make sure that we have the resources that we need to address the challenge that COVID-19 is still presenting to us. We don't need at this time a focus on punitive measures. We need that emergency support. Um, we're looking for government and the public to rally around the long-term care sector to support us to get through this pandemic. Um, and then we'll be more than happy to work with government to come up with a strategy and a vision for long-term care for the future. But the immediate need is around this funding uh, that's required to address um, these critical issues related to COVID. Yeah, what do, what do you make of the, um, so the throne speech included a commitment to create criminal code amendments to explicitly penalize those who neglect seniors under their care. What do you make of a promise like that from a government that has largely ignored the sector for, for since, since it was elected? Well, you know, it's, it's difficult to comment until you know specifically, um, you know, what that's going to look like. Um, but for us, it's, this, is a, this is a resourcing uh, question. Um, this is a, a sector that's used to being accountable, that's highly regulated, but we're facing immense systemic challenges with funding and staffing, and we're looking for support and criminal code um, amendments um, simply won't help us uh, in the immediate crisis, which is where all of us are focused today. Yeah, it seems like they're focused on the wrong, wrong things at times. How do you, how, I mean, how do you move the needle 
uh, or are you feeling like now is the time and that they will have no choice to to take action? I mean, it, as a um, it's clear to me that some of these things could have been done, should have been done, uh, you know, two years ago, ten years ago. Uh, is this the moment that real change is coming for long-term care, that real investment is coming from the federal government? I think it has to be. Um, if we're serious as Canadians and we're, if the federal government is actually listening and hearing, I know there's been lots of response to the crisis that has unfolded, um, but this is our opportunity. Um, we can't any more clearly state the crisis that we have and you know, no one uh, wants to see a repeat of this in the months ahead of what has transpired over the last uh, seven months. And so we are looking for support. We are looking for champions. We are looking for partners to come alongside of this sector and to work with us. I think it is important to note that by far the majority of long-term care homes in Canada did not have outbreaks. Um, and um, certainly those that did, it was extremely tragic uh, what unfolded, but it's important to acknowledge that, you know, so many people have worked incredibly hard um, without the proper resources, um, doing absolutely everything they could with what they had uh, to make sure that uh, the residents and the seniors uh, in our homes uh, were absolutely protected and cared for. Yeah, it must be, uh, it must be demoralizing for um operators in Canada to, uh, you know, read newspapers that where, you know, unions and others are pointing fingers, uh, laying blame on, uh, on the operators and not, um, you know, helping or collaborating or participating in, you know, the active calls to have uh, governments make smarter investments into long-term care. Are you hearing that kind of a tone from uh, the people that you speak with? Oh, that, that's definitely out there. Um, I think it often happens that we all look for someone to blame um, in these circumstances. And I think we need to shift our focus because we all can kind of point in a certain direction, but we need to shift our focus to the future. Uh, and how are we going to address the immediate crisis before us? What investments are needed? How do we work together to achieve uh, the goal of no uh, further outbreaks? And then what is the new vision for long-term care in Canada uh, for the next decade? And how are you feeling about the, the fall, Jody? People keep referring to a potential wave two. It seems clear that we're uh, uh, right in the middle of it. Um, how are you feeling uh, about the um, the sector and how it's managing and faring so far? Well, you know, we certainly have learned a lot um, over the last seven months, and I think the overall scientific understanding of, of COVID and how it affects the frail elderly and how it can potentially uh, spread um, in a long-term care home and in a community, you know, we have significantly more uh, knowledge today than we did seven months ago and just that alone helps us to feel better prepared but of course you can't help but be deeply concerned uh, given what has transpired over the last uh, seven months and I know everyone is working uh, as hard as they can to make sure that we are prepared for whatever we'll face um, for the next six months um, but it, it is certainly unnerving. Yeah no kidding. 
um, it's, uh, you know, the, from what I can tell, it seems like the protocols and, and policies that are in place uh, work in large part uh, when, uh, when homes have the tools they need and the resources they need. Uh, managing COVID is, has, has proven quite successful, uh, but we certainly don't hear about that a lot, do we? No, there's definitely a, a critical focus on um, homes that have experienced significant outbreaks and, and uh, the, what has transpired as a result of that. So let's pretend we're a, a year from now, next fall. We've had a year, uh, you know, a year and a half since COVID, uh, since COVID hit. Uh, we've got provincial governments kind of uh, taking steps uh, in long-term care and elsewhere. Uh, with any luck, the federal government will do the same. Uh, walk me through, you know, the as aspirational state of long-term care a year from now or even five years from now. What, 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 do, you, what do you hope to see? Well, I, I hope that we're talking about COVID in the past tense, um, and that's not still a current mm, okay. uh, reality. I, I would also very much hope that we're talking about how we work together that we all recognize this as a shared responsibility federal government provincial governments and the sector along with a host of other stakeholders that we all have a stake in this um, to make this work for the future and that we actively are working on uh, establishing a new vision for long-term care in canada those are wise words let's hope we get there uh, listen, Jody. I want to thank you for uh, for taking the time with us this morning. I hope uh, I hope you'll agree to come back again, uh, perhaps before the end of the year. Uh, I also want to take the time to thank you for um, you know. I know that you are the CEO of your association uh, in New Brunswick, but you're also, um, which is a full time job, um, on the best of days, uh, and has uh, most certainly been incredibly challenging uh, through the last seven months. But it's also true that you're doing this other job, uh, advocating on behalf of um, homes across the country to the federal government. So you're almost doing two or three or four jobs right now. So thank you so much for all your advocacy, for your extra work, and best of luck uh, uh, as, we, uh, as we move into the fall. Great. Thank you so much, Patrick. Thanks, Jody. Thanks for listening. You can find this episode and more on our website at santashealth.ca and on our Twitter at santashealth. This has been from the Burgundy Chairs.